This episode is brought to you by Liquid IV. Guys, if you don't know what Liquid IV is, well, buckle up because I'm going to throw you a game changer. Liquid IV is a hydration multiplier that not only tastes great, but is a non-GMO electric light drink mix. Powered by cellular transport technology to deliver hydration to the body faster and more efficiently than water can just do alone. One stick contains three times the electrolytes of traditional sports drinks with five essential vitamins. Now, I pride myself on telling you about things that I either already like or just use in my everyday life. And I have to say, I've actually been a fan of Liquid IV for a long, long time now. I use it for everything from, you know, just long runs to stay in shape, all those late nights with those after hours or just when I'm feeling a little dehydrated. I turned to it so it could just, my God, set me straight, make me feel like a million bucks again, and just get me ready for the day. So please head on over to their website. That's liquid-iv.com to check out their amazing line of products. And get this, when you use promo code Art of the Beholder, all one word, you'll get 20% off your order. Now, if you need a little direction on where to start, I recommend Lemon Lime. Guys, you're going to love it, won't be disappointed. So please give it a shot and get more fuel for life's adventures. Now, back to the show. Greetings and salutations, all you beautiful people, and welcome to another episode of Art of the Beholder, a show dedicated to all things eclectic in the world of art, where we do deep dives into deep cuts and help you understand why damn things matter. I'm your host, Novo Day, and I am back today with another quick cut to talk all things multimedia by focusing on Chalermchai's Kazitpipat's Wat Rong Kun, otherwise known as Thailand's The White Temple. Now, let me tell you, good people, while we're talking about this today, because if you listen to our best of 2023, I talked about it a little bit. I gave it a little love for the best of show, but I realized that I really needed to give you guys a little more. We needed to do a deep dive and really dig into the history, imagery, just everything around it to really give it some love. So we're going to do a deep dive today because the White Temple is a landmark achievement in art history, reminding all of us that great art can be ever-evolving and can take sometimes a lifetime to complete. So sometimes I give PSAs on my show, and here's another one. So the PSA for today is, no matter how big the idea is, with the right amount of willpower, you too can create what feels like the impossible and maybe through the art live forever now before we can discuss of course we all need a little background first and foremost i want to make this a very (laughs) glaring point at the beginning of the background section first and foremost it is a fully functioning buddhist temple so this really is a practicing buddhist temple so when it's not being used as an attraction it is absolutely being used by the buddhist monks that do live on the campgrounds to carry out the teachings of buddha located in the province of shangrai the multimedia venture was created by, as already stated, national master artist Chalamchai Kazitpipat and was completed and opened to the public in 1997. Though the project is still actually ongoing to this very day, and it's not actually expected to be completely finished until 2070. 
just to put that in perspective, how like the scope of this project, how big it is to date, the artist has spent approximately a little over 1,080 million baht. That's Thailand's currency. But to give you a better perspective for people listening in the West, that's a little over 30 million US dollars. So a lot to discuss. But before we do, of course, we all need to take a little break and hear from our sponsor. We'll be right back. This episode is brought to you by short story Post Meridium. Follow Entropy Sessions character Lydia, one of the lead madams of an anonymous house, as she manages the ups and downs of a very unique hospitality market, one that specializes in the most sinful of pleasures only the underbelly of society can really offer. You can find Post Meridium on Amazon in all major ebook formats available now. Now back to the show. All right, we are back, and now it's time to do the damn thing as we do on these shows. And I'm just going to give you, I'm going to do my best to take you through my own personal experience, almost like you're walking right there with me. So when we get to the campgrounds, it is huge, sprawling, and it is busy. It is bustling with people and cars and mopeds and bikes and motorcycles. It is huge. And that in and of itself struck me as, you know, very fascinating because we had seen nothing quite like it in all of our all of the other attractions in Thailand. So when we get there, we walk up to the campgrounds and you can actually see the White Temple pretty much as you're walking up to it and it is magnificent. And as we're getting close to, you know, paying for our, you know, our tickets to get in, I find that the art artist himself, Gazitpapat, is there. It turns out that he likes to hang out there a lot. Uh, and uh, he happened to be there with his friends. And it was like he was just another another visiting art enthusiast, but someone actually had to point him out to us and say, that's actually him right right there. Designed the entire piece, did a little of everything to make it what it is today. And how cool is that, right? That we got to see that. So we go in and of course, we first lay eyes on the White Temple. Now the White Temple itself, there's kind of three sections to it. There's the bridge that is known as the Cycle of Rebirth, the gate to heaven, of course, the Ubisat. Ubisat is a essentially an ordination hall where Buddhists carry out a series of rituals for their faith and the teachings of Buddha and things like that. And right away you see, like if you were to pull up a picture of the White Temple, right away you see these big, what looks like horns or hooks or claws coming out from the main entrance area. And we learned from our guide that that, that that is a demon, a demon's mouth, to be more exact, eating the souls of the sinners of mankind, people that are not allowed into the gates of heaven. And when you actually get close to this, you see a series of statues and other imagery that is very traditional, I would say very traditional Thai and historically Buddhist-centric imagery, things like that. But he leans on the side of macabre on the campus grounds and almost horror-like imagery because of all of the things he shows 
in this essentially lake of souls being devoured by the mouth of this demon is outstretched hands that creates a sense of eeriness and dread and things like that. And then so you walk up past the mouth of the demon to then stand in front of two beaming statues. Now, these statues represent death and Rahu. Sometimes, you know, I think in the West, to us, they look like demon-like creatures. But what I learned that was so fascinating in this faith, this form of Buddhism, is that these creatures can be heavenly and that they are actually the gatekeepers to heaven. They are keeping out said sinners and leaving them into the mouth of the demon and choosing who can come in and and not, of course. So we go past that and we get to the actual main white temple itself. And it is it creates a fascinating just from architecture design alone. It it has a very traditional Thai architecture to it. It has the three structured roof, things like that. But it, if when the when the light hits it just right, it can kind of glimmer. And we learned that the temple uses to create the effect. The temple uses a blend of whitewash and transparent mirrored chips to essentially beam the light off from the sun to our eyes to create this kind of shimmering, dazzling effect. And it, it really does it to you know if you're right if you're there at the right time of day, it can be just spellbinding how magnificent it looks. Now, you're not allowed to take pictures inside of the temple, so I'm going to describe it the best way I can. So you go into the Ubizat itself, again, the ordination hall, and there is what looks to be a real Buddhist monk, but it's actually just a wax sculpture. And inside of the main building itself is these huge ceiling high murals that, again, have these very chief Kazit Pipat's like signature style. He likes to combine traditional Thai imagery with modern pop sensibilities. So there was Buddha, you know, there would be like an imagery, there would be like a mural of Buddha at the top to go to the bottom. You would see Neo from the Matrix and Michael Jackson and Freddy Cougar and, you know, Terminators. You would see all these pop culture references mixed in with the traditional Thai historical imagery that they've used in a lot of different temples and art throughout their history. And I found I found that that was very fascinating. So when you leave the temple, you start to notice that everywhere. So this again, this is a huge campgrounds and there's st statues lining every inch of the place. Sometimes at one point I ran into a predator that was <laughs> half of its body was out of the ground as, as if the ground was quicksand and it was like falling into its death. And yes, it's that predator, like aliens versus predator, predator. Uh, you would see the heads of pop culture icons. One time I would see like statues of heads, obviously, like adorned off of trees and things like that. And yes, I did see the head of Captain America, Spider-Man and everything <laughs> that we got.
that pop culture seems to love in the West, you would see these fascinating bacab twists on them on the campgrounds. Another notable building is what is known as the Golden House, what they call their happy rooms. Happy rooms in Thailand are their bathrooms or restrooms. And our guide said that he wanted to make this beautiful, beautiful golden structure for the bathrooms for the visitors because since it is, quote unquote, a happy room, when you relieve yourself, you feel very happy. And he wanted as a kind of, I think, part of the lore or mythos, he wanted to gather that energy. Then he has like a private loft above the bathrooms where he hangs out and meditates on what he wants to do with his life or sips on some tea, just relaxes, let's say. That's his relax room. And he uses the energy of the happy rooms below to fulfill that. I thought that was such an interesting twist. From there, you walk the campgrounds and you see a lot of other very traditional Thai ornately designed structures, often white, using the same uh, glass whitewash and transparent merit chips to create that dazzling, shimmering effect when the light hits it. And there are a variety of things that we didn't go into all of them, but, you know, the White Temple is going to eventually house approximately nine buildings. And though we didn't go into it, other things besides the items already discussed include a hall of relics, a meditation hall, an art gallery. And we did actually get to see the living quarters for the monks. So obviously during the day when the tourists are there and it's just acting as this artistic attraction, the monks are in there like dormitories and they're either going through the motions of being a monk there and doing their meditations and their rituals and probably continuing to build their faith and their devotion to it. And then when the tourist aspect of the White Temple is closed for the day, then they actually go to the White Temple to use it. Uh, also on the campus was this like what I could only simply call a cave tour. So and Instead of and, and, you know, it was housed with a, a lot of the same kind of macabre and dark imagery and elements of horror and eeriness and surrealism that Kazat Papat likes to use. And of, and of course, always housed with pop culture elements. And I think at one point I saw the, the villain from Pirates of the Caribbean etched like as a statue etched into the wall of the cave. So you actually go into a man-made cave and you just take this very point A to point B kind of path through it. And you see a variety of sites within the cave. And it is actually a little, you know, you get a little, get a little scared. There's, there's an uneasiness to it. There's a tension to it. And I think by design, uh, because I think caves are naturally scary for humans. And then he had all these kind of scary elements involved in, in the showings of the of the essentially an exhibition for us tourists. And you go out the other side and you you're back to the campgrounds and it's all laid out very well. We even saw structures off in the background that were still being constructed or renovated like so this very much is an ever evolving work in progress. And I thought that was so, so amazing to see this dedication to a huge piece like this and that it is going strong. People are wanting to come to it. And and what's crazy, guys, is there was a chance we were not even going to see this. Now, this was this was part of a road trip we took from Shanghai to Chiang Mai. So on the way to Chiang Mai, 
is the White Temple itself. It's actually, you know, though it's in quote unquote the province of Shanghai, it's um, it's it's you know it's on the outskirts. It's on the way to other cities. And there was a, you know, we had at at a whim just decided to do this because we'd heard about it. And my God, it was just life changing. And I urge all of you guys to make kind of a pilgrimage. You know, if you get a chance to go to Thailand, make make it a point to, to visit the White Temple. Because much like I said in the best of 2023 show, I was only there for maybe an hour or two. But what it did for me was oh my God, it was just so inspiring and so life-changing, for lack of a better word. So in conclusion, why visit the White Temple? Well, there's nothing else like it in the whole world. That's why. So do yourself an artistic favor and check it out. So there you have it, guys, a deeper dive into Thailand's The White Temple. I want to thank you guys for listening. But before we get out of here, I want to give a little love to some of our other sponsors. Today's show is also brought to you by Zencaster. Zencaster is our go-to tool for remote podcast recordings. What's great is that you can record separate audio and video tracks, and it's all backed up on a secured cloud, so you never lose your hard work. Even better, it's easy to use, and there's nothing to download. So go to zen.ai slash art of the beholder, or just go to zencaster.com and use promo code Art of the Beholder, and get 30% off your first three months with the pro account. Now, if you like that, you can, of course, check out some of our stuff at NovaDayProductions.com. You can, of course, follow us at underscore Novo underscore Day and at Day Media. Don't forget to like, subscribe, do all the things. You know what to do. And if you'd like to sponsor our little love child or be on the show, you can reach out to us at NovaDayMedia at gmail.com. So until next time, guys, be good to each other. We'll see you in the next one. And as always, good luck and Godspeed. We love ya. Art of the Beholder is brought to you by Novo Day Productions. Created and hosted by Novo Day and the Novo Day Collective. Facebook.com slash Novo Day Media. At Novo Day Media on Twitter and Instagram. Music by A Company. Facebook.com slash Aco Music 123. Aco on Spotify. Logo designed by Tom Justice, J E S T U S, of thejusticecompany.com. And executively produced by Clayton Anderson. All rights reserved.